Welcome, everyone, to the Lazy Landlord Podcast on Benzinga. We're going to use this platform to allow you to hear from the very best in the industry. We're going to be talking to founders and CEOs of some of the biggest REITs that have built some of the largest, most valuable real estate portfolios on the planet, the companies that are bringing new opportunities to investors through crowdfunding, uh, fractional ownerships, uh, other investors that have found ways to really scale their passive real estate investments, and really anyone that's going to help you make better decisions with your investments. So go subscribe and become a lazy landlord yourself. All right. I am extremely excited about our guest today. We have Ed Batoniak, CEO of Vici Properties. Now, for anyone not familiar with Vici, this is a real estate investment trust that owns the real estate that some of the largest and most well-known casinos in the country operate out of, including several along the Las Vegas Strip. Now, you guys have really exploded over the past year and you just acquired the venetian las vegas and even more recently mgm growth properties so obviously in an exciting time to be at beachy right now in a market where there is so much chaos and so much uncertainty what can you be certain of right and one of the values of owning dividend paying stocks in times of utter turmoil is that assuming the dividend stream is secure, well-secured, well-funded, at least you know you're going to get something. I don't think that has resonated as much with the retail community because I think the retail community, like, frankly, a lot of active managers have been so caught up in uh, you know, fever dreams of two, three, four, five, you know, five baggers that Oh, dividend-paying stock? That is so boring, right? And I think at a time like this, one of the questions to ask is, maybe it wouldn't kill me to actually be a little bit bored right now because the alternative is hyperventilating. Why Why do you think the market has kind of been slow to figure it out? I guess, I don't know, is, it, is that what it is? If it's just people don't haven't been able to quite wrap their head around, you know, the concept of exactly what you are or around investing in gaming real estate or how to compare you to who? I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, so I think there's some general issues, Kevin, that can help explain that. And then there's some issues specific to Vici. Um, the general explanation for what what's, you know, so Vici, what's taking time uh, is that we are still a very new asset class in investment terms, in American commercial real estate investment terms. Um, the first gaming REIT, GLPI, came along in 2013, but they actually didn't spend their first four, five, six years uh, really framing themselves as a real estate investment vehicle. Uh, it was up to us, Vici, when we announced our first acquisition in December of 2017 to use the term cap rate to, to put our acquisitions in the context of other real estate investments that had been made in America over the preceding two years at that point. So what we were determined to drive was the institutionalization of our category. As a, as a retail investor, you always want to be thinking about where are the big institutions in terms of their adoption 
of this asset class that I, as a retail investor, am considering investing in, right? One of the things that really smart retail investors who do their homework, who are farsighted, can benefit from is what I call cognitive arbitrage. Learning about a given asset class, learning about the companies in that asset class at a faster rate than the big institutions do. Now, the good news for Vici is that institutions have come up the learning curve quickly on Vici. Um, in fact, if you look through December 31st, 2021, we had posted a total return over our first four years, 18, 19, 20, and 21, of 87%. Uh, that outperformed the REIT index by, I think, about 20 or 30 points. It was just right there with the S&P 500 for total return over that period. So the return has been there. It just, it just isn't going the velocity some people would like. And on a given day, even what, you know, not as fast as we might like. But I will point out a key thing, and that is that in a case like Vici, and this is generally true of REITs, but especially of Vici given our dividend yield, the good news is you get paid to wait. We have a dividend yield that as of yesterday was probably just below 5%. And if you have faith that over time, the market will truly, truly begin to appreciate our value, you have the chance to match that dividend, which may be 4 to 5%, with capital appreciation in the stock that could be around 5%. And if that adds up to 10% total return year after year, uh, you get to take advantage of the rule of 72, which I'm sure you and your audience are well aware of, and that's simply dividing that growth rate into 72 in order to learn how quickly you're going to double your money, right? Needless to say, if you divide 10 into 72, you're going to double your money in seven years. Now, does that sound like a rocket ship to the moon? No, but I tell you, based on what we're living through right now in the markets, you really ought to think about having in your portfolio some stocks that can enable you to double your money over a five to seven year period, even if everything else gets a little upside down. I mean, it pays to remember that the NASDAQ peaked in 2000. And what did it take to get back to that 2000 peak? Didn't it take like 12 or 13 years, right? So this is the value of owning income producing real estate especially through a publicly traded REIT where you have full transparency and integrity of the financials as an owner of the business is it can be there in all kinds of weather for you. Make sure you're picking a REIT that has a good solid dividend that gets paid through thick and thin. We grew our dividend during COVID. We grew at 11% in 2020. We grew at 9% in 2021. If, if we may not be able to deliver that kind of dividend growth year in, year out, but we will grow the dividend. And you should think about the degree to which that buffers you against riskier investments you may want to make, you know, for the sake of higher velocity returns. In the particular case of Vici, we have made it difficult for investors and sell-side analysts to quite understand what we would look like when we grew up. Because our acquisition activity of 2021, which was $21 billion, it did require an enormous amount of equity raising. We raised $5.5 billion of equity last year. It did create a whole kind of miasma of, of moving parts that, that led a bunch of people to say, 
I can't quite nail down exactly what BG is going to look like when all this closes and all this gets funded. So you know what? I'm just going to sit back and wait. How many how many acres do you have total? I mean, on like right along the Las Vegas Strip right now. Six hundred and sixty. Uh, and and now, granted, not all of it would have, we be valued at, at at this kind of price. But there's been a recent trade in Vegas where I think it was Tillman Fertitta paid um, thirty million an acre. So if if you said, all right, Vici, I'm just going to reduce Vici to the not reduce it, but I just want to know what Vici's land value is. Well, that land value, six hundred and sixty times thirty million an acre. You end up with uh, you end up with a whole big part of our value without giving any effect to the buildings uh, that we own across the country, and obviously the other land we own across the country as well. One thing I want to just make sure we don't lose track of, Kevin, is the value of dividends when reinvested as a dollar cost averaging tool. If you are an investor like you who invests in stocks to pay dividends. And if you have a practice, whether through a drip, a dividend reinvestment program, or some other means, you're constantly using those dividends to buy more of the stock. Times like this are the best times of all because you're automatically buying the stock when it's cheap. Assuming the stock is getting hammered, like everything is indiscriminately getting hammered right now. When when a stock you want to own is cheap, you really ought to buy more. And the great thing about dividend reinvestment is that you automatically buy more. You're not left with the incremental decision. It just happens. And you benefit by virtue of doing so. Uh, gaming revenue in March, as you said, was 35% ahead of March 2019. 3.5, 35%, right? Occupancy for Caesars and MGM are two big tenants on the strip, uh, 90 plus percent. I believe the same was true at the Venetian. You know, we we really believe there's runway here next 10, 20 years. Aging the baby boom, they're going to want travel experiences, wellness experiences, recreation experiences, life enhancement experiences. Millennials are starting into family formation. You're going to see family travel and family experiences that we want to make sure we're investing in. When we started out four and a half years ago with this conviction that gaming real estate could be the next great institutionalization story in American commercial real estate investing, we 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 accepted as absolute gospel, truth and fact, that institutionalization requires institutions to invest in the sector. They can either do so through buying the equity of public companies like Vici, like GLPI, like MGP, or they can invest directly. And we expected this to happen. We wanted it to happen. The assets you own as a real estate company increase in value to the extent that bidding activity for assets like what you own establishes higher and higher values. If nobody wants to buy the assets that are like the ones you own, the ones you own aren't worth as much. So it really began in the fall of 2019 when Blackstone came in and through what's known as its B REIT, its non-traded REIT, it bought the real estate of Bellagio on the Las Vegas Strip. And that was obviously validating. Um, That continued into early 2020 when Blackstone went into a joint venture with MGP on ownership of the real estate of MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay. Now, we are part of that joint venture by virtue of having taken over MGP. So we own 51% 
of MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay and Blackstone owns the other 49. You're starting to see other entrants. You're absolutely right. Realty Income came in, did a very good deal on the Wynn asset, the Encore asset in Boston. And I believe you're going to continue to see real estate investment capital, whether through publicly traded REITs like a Realty Income or through private equity funds, increasingly act on the realization that this is some of the best real estate in America, especially at, when you look at secular trends and how those secular trends are impacting so many other real estate asset classes. And you alluded to the challenges facing office right now. There are really significant challenges facing office. There's really significant challenges facing certain categories of retail. There are not secular challenges facing our assets. The secular demand trends for our assets are very positive. And within triple net structures, we offer a transparency and integrity of, 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 of economics that you don't find in every other asset class. So I think you can continue to expect, again, both public and private market equity to want to own these assets. How do you have the uh, CPI? How does that work into that? What kind of protection do you have there? Yeah. And, and just for, for those of your listeners who don't know exactly what triple net means, it, what it basically means is that the occupant of the building pays for everything. Okay. They not only pay rent to the landlord, in our case, you know, be gaming companies largely paying rent to Beachy. They bear the cost of the real estate taxes on the asset. They bear the costs of maintaining the asset. They obviously uh, pay the insurance. They pay uh, all the utilities. They, they pay for everything. So you're not getting calls with uh, toilets backed up or nope, 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 nope. <laughs> it's a it's a very clean and transparent model versus so many other asset classes where tenants and landlords are constantly getting into fights over who's going to pay for that. Our model's blazingly simple. Tenant pays for everything. Um, and I think there's a, a growing recognition that this is a really good model. And that's why firms like Carlisle and Aries and, and uh, Oak Tree and others are building funds to invest in triple net real estate, gaming and otherwise. Um, when it comes to inflation protection, it depends entirely on what's written into the leases. We're quite fortunate, especially compared to other triple net REITs, in that um, the biggest part of our rent roll, uh, about 42% of our rent now that uh, MGM has closed, 42% of our rent coming from Caesars is uncapped CPI. The measurement period for that takes place July, August, September. You look at that three-month period versus the prior year, three-month period of July, August, September, and the inflation year over year is, is what ends up kicking out the rent increase for the following year, right? So if in July, August, September of 2022, we end up with 5% year-over-year inflation, our rent will grow 5%. That's for the Caesars leases. Other Our other leases generally have CPI components. Some of them don't kick in for a few years, uh, but most of those are the higher of 2% or CPI up to a cap of 3 so again, we do have inflation protection. It's not absolute and it's not dollar for dollar or point for point, um, but it does definitely help um, our investors you know, navigate a period like this of inflation uh, when it comes to ensuring the dividend grows at a rate close to, or even ideally in excess of the rate of inflation. 
what's that barrier to entry like for anybody to else to come into the Las Vegas market right now? It was just in the last year that uh, a very, very successful uh, Asian gaming company called Genting uh, opened a new property on the Strip, uh, north end of the Strip, called Resorts World. Uh, they got the asset open. There's a, a lot of aspects to it that are spectacular. Their uh, focus on entertainment is very strong. Just a little farther up the Strip from there is a project that was originally known as the Fountain Blue, uh, developed by the uh, the developer and operator who brought, brought the Fountain Blue in Miami Beach uh, back to the forefront. It is once again being called the Fountain Blue, and that I think is targeted for an opening, probably in 2024 or so. And what's interesting is Coke Industries, the, the, you know, home of the famous Coke brothers, have put capital into that project. So there will be a new project there as well, very sizable one. Above and beyond that, I think what you're going to you're going to see is quite a bit of infill activity. Tillman Fertitta just closed on that land that we spoke of at the intersection of Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard, the Strip. He'll be developing, I believe, a high-end uh, hotel there, uh, modeled after the beautiful hotel he built in Houston called Post Oak. You're going to see other infill projects along the way. You're going to see other projects expand, other properties expand. Uh, we're very excited about the fact that our partners, Hard Rock, with whom we already partner in Cincinnati, uh, have bought the Mirage operation from MGM. They will become our new tenant in what has been known as Mirage. It'll be hereafter known as Hard Rock Las Vegas, I believe. And we will be helping them by funding a $1.5 billion uh, development of a new guitar-shaped tower that will be very much like the one they built in Hollywood, Florida at their marquee property down there, which is just spectacular. Similarly, we have an agreement with Apollo to potentially fund a new tower at the Venetian. So I don't, it'll be a blend of some new properties, Kevin, but it'll also be, I think, infill because um, the, the land is getting somewhat scarcer. We do benefit from owning a few dozen acres of undeveloped land um, which we'll realize value out of at some point here. But a lot of it will be about infill and taking advantage of the fact that these parcels are so enormous. There's another very compelling development opportunity, as an example, on the front side of Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, right along the Strip. Wow. Well, this will definitely all be exciting to see come together. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners on you know, how they can navigate the market right now? You know, I think just... Like keep the faith, keep your head about you, make sure you own some stocks that are going to pay you to own them, no matter what happens here in the coming weeks and months. It is the blessed benefit of dividend stocks that they just keep paying you uh, based upon economics that can weather thick and thin. All right. Thank you, Ed. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you, Kevin. I always enjoy it. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, 
and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.